0: Thank you.
1: study um a few weeks ago that basically said that people spend like two or three seconds on each profile and it's just switching through pictures and it's like fewer than 10 percent of people actually do read the about me bio
2: yeah and mine's not very long so it doesn't take a lot um and uh, it's very clear that people are not reading it because you know
1: yeah so um well, we were actually just talking about so I hit record by the way, okay. uh but we we're actually just talking about um online dating profiles and the fact that nobody really uh reads these things, but I think we should back up to the beginning, so thank you, Kate, for sitting down with me thank and you, recording, record to it. yeah, so uh, one of the first things that you should notice is that Kate has an accent I do. Yeah, so so where are you from? What's what's your story?
2: Um, my dad was South African. My mom is Australian. I grew up in Botswana, which is a, a Southern African country just north of South Africa, and then went to South Africa for high school and college. Um, so that's where I grew up. Um, that's where I had my first romantic experiences. Um, and then since I'm 42 now, since the age of 18, I've lived all over the world, and um, now in St. Louis, been here 10 years.
1: So 10 years, uh, what was the process to get you here to town?
2: Uh, that, that was an interesting one. So I was living in the Cayman Islands with my then husband, and I was running the uh, Environmental Education and Wildlife Rehabilitation Program for the National Trust of the Cayman Islands. And Hurricane Ivan came through in 2004 and devastated the island and uh, was dealing with barn owls that I'd never dealt with before. So I phoned around and emailed around and nobody got back to me except um, this little center in this place called St. Louis, Missouri. I had no idea where the city or the state <laughs> even was. Um, and he gave me some really good advice. This was Walter Crawford at the World Bird Sanctuary. He gave me really good telephone advice, but said if you really want to figure out how to do this, come and do a three-month internship. So I got on a plane to uh, St. Louis and got here and did my three-month internship. Really didn't see much of the city or the state at all because I was kind of sequestered in Valley Park. I didn't have a car, and the public transport here isn't great, um, but learned a lot, and then went back to uh, the Cayman Islands to apply what I'd learned, and uh, my ex-husband and I kind of figured out that um, the marriage wasn't everything that we wanted it to be, and those three months apart had uh, caused both of us to do a lot of thinking, and um, got divorced, and was trying to figure out what to do next. Had assumed I would go to my mom in Australia, uh, but I'd become really good friends with someone here um, at the World Bird Sanctuary, and she said, come to another three-month internship. So I did that, and uh, I've been here 10 years now.
1: So one of the things that uh, jumped out to me, so you said that you, you're Thin husband, so yes. that does mean that you are the only the second podcast guest to have been married, okay, and divorced, yes. So uh, there have been a lot of questions uh, surrounding, you know, the process of marriage and and marriages that aren't working. So that time away, did you guys? What was the communication process like between you and your thin husband?
2: We spoke almost every day um, while I was away. And it was really just perfunctory kind of stuff. I think I'd realized at that point, even before I left, I'd realized that there were problems and we weren't happy. We had been in counseling. Um, I got married at 28 and figured that that was a good age to get married. I kind of figured out what I was doing, wasn't too young, met somebody. And I think just fell into that trap that a lot of people fall into of, um, this is the place in my life now where I should get married. And, oh, you're the person that's here, so I guess I'm going to get married to you. Um, rather than really finding a a soul connection or a, um, a, a real kind of partner, meaningful connection. It was just about, yeah, you're here and I like you and so let's do this, as opposed to a really considered decision about who I really want to spend my time with and give myself to for the rest of my life. So I don't think it started with the right foundation, um, a couple of days before the wedding, I'd, I ran away. <laughs>
0: at 28, <laughs> I ran away. Um, and was con-
2: uh, my parents managed to convince me that it was just pre-wedding nerves and everybody goes through this. Um, my gran is convinced that I got divorced because I had 13 people at my wedding table. Um, and calla lilies, which are a symbol of death in South Africa. <laughs> so <laughs> that didn't bode well for her from the beginning. But no, we'd, be, we'd um, I think we were just kind of going through the motions. And for most people looking at us as a couple, we had everything that I think a couple of our age could want. And we were doing everything a couple of our age should do. And we were fulfilling expectations of what we should be doing and who we were and how we were presenting ourselves to the world. But when we did finally get divorced, the people who knew us best were not surprised. We were just going through the motions. There was very little communication. We were living pretty much independent lives. And then uh, when it um, finally came down to it and we were in counseling, uh, I just couldn't get any answers to questions. Like things just didn't make sense. And um, we'd had no, literally no sex life for about three years. And I wanted kids and you kind of need sex for that. Um, and so that was really essentially where we were drilling down into what the problem was. And um, as a woman, of course, that comes down to my husband's not attracted to me. Is he having an affair? What's wrong with me? What am I doing wrong? Um, I've since learned it takes two to make it work and two to make it fail. Uh, But essentially what came out through uh, couples counseling together and individually was that he was gay, is gay, um, but uh, was living in a country then that was very much, uh, very conservative and not tolerant of that. Um, I think also he's just not ready to deal with that. Um, And he acknowledged it to me once, he, he was honest about it once that we never spoke about it again. To the point where he said I was his best friend and he wanted to stay married, could we not just stay in the same house? Um, but that was not an option for me. Um, that's not what marriage was for me. Uh, and I think to this end now, I'm looking for something, um, having gone through that, that is meaningful. I want a partnership that is meaningful, that is supportive, that is all the things that I would expect a, um, a relationship to be. Uh, but I don't think marriage is my end game. I don't need to be married again. I'm not looking for another husband. Um, I think I'd actually be quite cautious of that. If I were to get married again, it would be because it was really important to the person that I was was with. And if it was important enough to them, I would consider it. But it's certainly, um, I don't feel like marriage is necessary to have a successful relationship now.
1: Um, he, so, you know once I, I guess you know a lot of societal pressure it sounds like played into the original relationship and and the timing, and that's something that I definitely felt here in town and i I feel like um locally it's yeah. it's especially bad yeah.
2: uh, um for me, it wasn't as much societal as it was uh family, I mm, think especially mm-hmm. from family to. Um, settled down. I've always been somewhat of a gypsy and a little different um, in my outlook on life, uh, and so I traveled a lot and I'd done a lot of things. I'd done a lot of things that um, traditionally weren't womanly or feminine things to do, and and were um, arenas that were governed mostly by men. Um, and so I think there was this expectation now to to climb in the box and fit in the mold um, a lot by my family. Um, and looking back at the time, I was upset about it. But looking back, I really think it was just uh, that my dad had my best interest at heart. Um, he really did. And and in his uh, his paradigm of how the world works and how things work, that would make me safe. Um, it would keep me safe to be doing what everybody else was doing and fulfill the expectations that they had. Um,
1: so, you know, once you guys were in counseling, though, and, and um, it was obvious that he wanted something that... Wasn't going to work for you mentally or physically. What was the process to finally pull the plug? Did you actively do it, or yes? Was it a mutual?
2: No, I did it. I said to him, "I can't do this," and um, I went and found an attorney and filed for divorce. Um, I walked away with nothing. I read my he's a he's an investment banker now. He um, earns an incredible amount of money. I walked away with ten thousand dollars. Um, I just didn't want to fight, to the point where we had the same attorney who just drew up the papers. It takes six months to go through the Caymanian court, um, and I got the divorce decree, and it it was devastating. I was devastated for a lot of reasons. Primarily, um, I'm not somebody who fails. I don't take failure well. I'm an overachiever, and what should have been the most important thing in my life was my greatest failure, so um, wrapping my head around that to be able to do it was hard. Uh, and then the island is really small that I was living on, so um, I basically moved in with a friend of mine who took care of me, um, literally physically took care of me because I didn't get out of bed for three months. Um, and then when I could start thinking about what I was going to do, I knew I had to leave the island. and So I came uh, came back here to the United States where I'd spent some time um, and just started the process of rebuilding my life, having no idea what that looked like.
1: So, you know, once you got over well started to process the divorce and move to the states what did that dating process look like did you immediately jump back into the dating pool or what was that
2: i didn't so i wanted to be with somebody and i wanted something meaningful um i was somewhat naive about it because i was approaching it like i had in my 20s and now here i was at this point in my mid-30s and the dating landscape is very different, I think, at that age. I think you ha- everybody has more baggage, you have a little more experience, a little more caution, you've be- you're have you a little more gun-shy, I think, at that age. Um, and your expectations are different. So I spent some time, um, the one thing that I will never ever do again is be financially dependent on someone, mm. um, or dependent in any way, on somebody f- to fulfill any kind of um, uh, need that I have in my life. I need to be able to look after myself and take care of myself first, and not allow somebody to tear me apart like that so that was my theory it didn't work um, and I'll get into that <laughs> so um, I always assumed that well you're gonna you just you meet people you go out and you meet people and that's how you find your partner which um, uh, although it's the way it's been done for a very long time I guess it's kinda hit and miss so when I first learned about online dating uh, which is about eight years ago so I'd say what's that like 2009 Yeah, is when I started I'm like this sounds great. You put up who you are and what you're about and you find somebody who likes that in you and you like what they put up and um, this is a selection process and like an interview process and that's gonna be better than just trawling bars or hoping you might meet somebody who likes the same things as you do while you're doing something that you (laughs) like. Um, Yeah, and uh, that is when I learned that not everybody's honest about what they're looking for or what they're pursuing Um, and I think and I don't think it's because people are inherently dishonest or malicious or just generally assholes. Um, I think that we all just come with, um, with stuff that we know what we want, but we struggle with firstly allowing ourselves to pursue what we want, with allowing ourselves to think that we deserve um, what we're looking for. And so we become our own worst enemy in terms of how we present ourselves to others and in, in terms of what we're looking for and who we are that they may be looking
1: for. So what site did you originally use?
2: Um, my first site was Match.
1: Okay. Yes. So, How do you like Match? Because I have I like so Match. many opinions about Match. And So e-
2: when I first started using Match, it was in 2009, and I liked it. Um, then uh, I was in a relationship for four years, got out of that, was single for two years, and decided to get back into dating, and it was online. And at that point, there was Tinder. And Then there was Bumble, and um, then there was Match. And so I had a couple of, uh, well, I had a number of really dodgy, sketchy uh, Tinder experiences. So I decided to try Match again, the theory being that if you pay for it, um, people are more intentional about what they're doing on there, and they're more open about what they're looking for, and there's a perception that perhaps they are more serious about dating if they're willing to pay for it since learned that that's not the truth because it's not um it's not expensive pretty much anyone can afford it yeah um and also match is very different today than it was uh back then i feel like match is just phoning it in at this point and seeing how long they can go with their um their model and it's outdated and i don't think it has long to go i really felt like it was not money well spent
1: yeah so my experience with match was that it was very overwhelming because you know um they keep inactive profiles yes. that show up in search results. So I remember the first time that I logged on to Match, I, I put in my search parameters and I pulled up pages. Mm-hmm. But there are like hundreds of faces on each page, like right. hundreds of little thumbnails I had nothing to go on i didn't know who to click on you know and i was just playing a guessing game and it kind of gets back to what we were talking about about how little attention people pay to anything but the profile pictures yeah, right. so they have really have changed their business model the last few years and i think um i think a lot of that has come since they merged with Okay, keep it now. Right. It's like one company owns every single dating website, essentially.
2: Yeah, um, and so I, I, I had an OkCupid profile as well, um, which I closed down because you cannot do anything on OkCupid without buying into every single upsell that they have, um, and I'm am not interested in, in that. Um, the thing with Match, Match actually got me in trouble because I'd had my profile on Match and um, had not been active on Match for three years. Thought I had deleted my account. And the guy that I'd been dating for for two and a half years, a friend of his saw my profile on there, and freaked out and was like, "Did you know she's on Match?" And I'm like, "I'm not on Match. Like, I have no idea what that's doing there." Um, and it said it had been over three months since I'd logged in, and kind of we talked through it, and I went through the process of actually deleting my account. And um, but it's overwhelming. Um, it's really superficial because you're going on what somebody looks like, um, so you can put in all the parameters you want, but essentially you're going on what somebody looks like and um i don't think that's a good criteria on which to choose a partner but it's easier than trawling every single profile and reading their likes and dislikes or hoping that they have put anything in their profile at all there are a lot of profiles that just have nothing yeah Um, yeah they're they're just really rudimentary and not a lot uh so it was um i I don't know what it's like for men and what i've spoke the men that i've spoken to have said that uh they don't have a lot of conversations and they don't have a lot of people initiating contact with them. But as a woman, it, it was overwhelming because I had not been on any dating site for um, more than an hour and already my mailbox is inundated with messages and matches. Um, and so that process is overwhelming. Um, initially, it can be quite flattering, but you learn pretty quickly that uh, <laughs> I think a lot of people are copying and pasting messages and, um, and also just matching with everybody and seeing what sticks and if something comes back and pings back at them then they will they'll explore that and have a conversation and um that's not a bad method to go with if uh, if you know that 1 in 20 approaches are going to be uh be successful then you're going to cost your net wider than you would normally if you had more more of a response so um so just the process of trying to respond to people that had come to me was difficult and uh, it it may come off as being a little bitchy and cocky um, but that process for me was harder than reading through profiles and so what I did was completely ignored my mailbox and just then rather looked at what I was interested in and seeing if that would get any kind of return rather than responding to every person that messaged me so Hmm. that's how I managed that process a little
1: basically you know you you describe the basic uh Numbers game right. of a of a sales job, but right. you know, you have one in twenty. So uh, there there is a high number of men who do copy and paste. And from the women that I've talked to, it's pretty obvious. And 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 really, um, for a while, I was on OK Keep It and I was a moderator on OK Keep It. So okay. I was able to see things that had been reported, and so I saw. The worst pictures, the absolute worst pictures. But then I saw some messages as well um, that were a little aggressive. So, Mm -hmm. say they messaged someone once with a copy and pasted response, didn't get a response. So then they started to get mean and say really nasty things, but they would flood this woman with mm-hmm. messages. Right. So, I mean, how long, once you decided that you're going to ignore everybody, mm-hmm. how long did it take to get you off of the site entirely?
2: Um, not. F- I was on for a while. Because I don't. If somebody's going to behave that way, that's on them, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to let that affect me. Um, I'm also not offended by people who copy and paste an introductory message because I get it. Like I would do the same if I was, um, if I was effectively soliciting, soliciting um, for something. I would go through my little. Uh, some if it's something that worked before or just like a brief introduction, um, and then invest more time and consideration in it once a con- conversation started. So. Um, So I'd reply to... uh, I'd initiate conversations or reply to people that I thought I was interested in um, and would really go from there. Um, I had a couple of people who were like, uh, you think you're too good for this, so... um what makes you think you're so special and um, I had one guy who went on a rant about the fact that he was two and a half hours away on a farm and no woman was willing to um, invest in a good guy that had everything to offer just because he was far away and I'm like <laughs> this is not my deal this is like your deal and you need to deal with that so I've what? become very adept at blocking and just not responding because I'm not going to get into the drama it, it sounds that.
1: like he should have used another okay keep it owns website farmer was it farmers only post
2: or farmers only yeah or something f- like that. Farmers yeah. Only? Yeah, yeah yeah so, yeah. Um, so I I think that there's a lot a lot of people bring their own personal insecurities uh to the table and I, I shy away from that immediately um then I've had people who um you have a really good conversation with them and you think things are going well and then something comes out of left field that you're just like I have no idea where that came from um and I'll read through the things that we talked about and I'm like yeah there's nothing that makes this sound like it makes sense in the context of the conversation um and then I've had other people who just straight off the bat make me think, no, you're crazy. I'm not interested. Um, and then other people that I have really conversation, good conversations with but never meet. Um, and other people that I have really good conversations with meet and think things have gone really well and never hear from again. Um, so it, it runs the gamut. But yeah, there's um, some pretty salacious stories. And I, I do wonder, part of me wonders with the, the people who do those kind of things with those kind of mean messages or really suggestive messages straight off the bat, if they're really expecting it to work or if this is just their entertainment and they want to see what reaction they're going to get, because I can't think that they would possibly in anybody's reality imagine that that kind of message is going to get is going to get a well, hey, yes, let's do that. So it, I think part of it's for attention.
1: yeah, it, it's kind of crazy, so i I remember reading through some of these reported message threads, and uh, they would send a really raunchy sort of message. Um, after they got no response, then sometimes the women would respond, and they would be caught off guard, and they're like, "Whoa, wait, what? You you responded? I didn't." Mm. And then they don't know where to go from there. Yeah. And then, I mean, really, once you send that, it it it's yeah. done. It's done. So how graphic can I be here? Uh, as let's okay. take it. Where you want to go?
2: So so the worst situation I had with that was somebody that I had not matched with, that I had not spoken to, but messaged me first. And basically, um, my pictures are all headshots, or I have one full body shot so they can at least see what my body looks like and that I am who I'm presenting myself to be. But I don't have any, like, bikini pictures or naked pictures or um, anything remotely suggestive on there. And this one guy who, um, I get a lot of messages from men that are a lot younger than me. I don't know if it's a cougar fetish that they're going for. Hmm. But um, this one guy uh, messaged me and he was like, um, what are you doing tonight? Would like to punish your clit. What? And the first issue I had was with his bad grammar.
1: Oh, man. Because it's
2: your, not your. Um, <laughs> so I didn't respond to him. But what I did was I took a screenshot of, of his face and I took a screenshot of the message and I posted it on Facebook. Um, I've learned that St. Louis is very small. So I was going (laughs) to work that to my advantage. And I posted it and made it public and said, hey, girls, this came in. It's not acceptable. I don't like being spoken to like this. Let's figure out who this guy is. And so a a acquaintance of mine on Facebook knew a woman, and it was her boyfriend. Oh, no. Yeah. And he reported my post to Facebook. um, But Facebook said it didn't violate their terms and conditions. So it's, it's still up there now.
1: Wow, um,
2: and I, I, it was at and that it, it. Ordinarily, I would have just let it go, but on that day, I think I was just annoyed, and decided to do something about it because it was inappropriate and just really. Now I just laugh at them, but something like that, I think, is just. Um, you know, there, it's one thing when men just want sex; it's another when it comes off as um, something that's about violence and power and control. Um, and full disclosure, I, I am a sexual assault survivor. I was raped when I was uh, 22. And there are just some things that I won't tolerate, and that's one of them.
1: It feels like a pretty big red flag right off the bat, and you know there, there is nothing wrong, and and that's something that we've talked about in the past. There's nothing wrong about being open about you know right. what you're looking for. Uh, But there are ways to do it, and there are ways to not do it, and that's definitely a way to not do it.
2: Yeah, and that was my thing was, and as you said, I've spoken to you about it before. When I'm looking for partnership in a relationship, that's what's in my profile. When I'm kind of done with looking for that, but I want to find someone to just hook up with and have fun with, I'm open about that too. Um, So there's no, uh, you don't have to read between the lines to figure out what I'm looking for. So... I had to wonder what kind of response he was expecting, if any. Was Did he want one of shock? Did he was want me to be like, that sounds awesome, come on over? I don't know what response he was looking for. Um, but I really don't think he th- thought it could have been successful. I think he was just mad at the world and wanting to take it out. I don't know. It don't
1: seems know. like, and I've seen all sorts of screenshots posted like that, you know, the um, the success rate of that has to be so low. And yeah. I, I, I will never really truly understand why a man would send that type of message, and it just makes me so incredibly uneasy because I feel like that kind of stuff makes the entire experience for everybody that's on there so much worse.
2: And I will tell you this, too. When I am, um, when I am in a mindset of um, either between relationships or don't have the time to commit to a relationship... Um, but I am basically just interested in, in meeting someone and hooking up for sex. I'll be honest about that. Um, and it's not uh, it's not a, a physical endeavor. It's I just don't have the time for a relationship right now. It's a way to feel connection as superficial as it may be and get some attention and affection and be done with it. Um, for every time and every place that I've been where that has been uh, my intention and what I'm looking for and stated that, uh, and the men who've acknowledged that and the men that I've met through that um, who have become friends, um, they have never, ever, when you're explicitly saying, I'm not looking for a relationship, I'm just looking for uh, for a date tonight, they've. N- it's clear what you're looking for. There's no ambiguity. And the men who respond to that looking for the same thing have been a lot more respectful and polite and um, basically just considerate of, the flow of the conversation and how it goes then when I'm looking for a relationship and men just start throwing out like random wanna fuck tonight I had one guy who uh, texted me on Tinder he messaged me his first message was um, we'd matched and he was like hey do you like black guys and I'm like he was clearly not black he was a white guy I'm like well it's a matter of like chemistry and attraction it's not a matter of race like this is a weird question he goes oh well I like to watch white women get fucked by black guys would you be interested in that Like that was the extent of the conversation. And I'm like, nowhere in my profile did it say that I wanted any part of like multiple people involved in sex or any kind of fetishism, which is great if that's your thing. um, But you can also go places to find that that aren't necessarily some girl who says that she's 42 years old and you know, a, a nature based hippie that's looking for a relationship probably isn't the person that's going <laughs> to give that to you. So um, there are people who will. And another one who straight out just, his first conversation with me was, Where do you live? And I'm like, I'm in St. Louis. He's like, Well, I, my final deployment finishes on the 10th of October and I'm looking for somebody to raise my daughter. Are you interested? Th- that was the extent of the conversation. Hmm. Um, and his profile didn't have very much to go on. So, um, yeah some of it's really bizarre
1: so let's let's back up because um the the race thing has come up a few times um in the most recent episode actually that i recorded i talked a little bit i haven't posted it yet but i talked a little bit about some of the racial issues that i ran into on online dating apps and and the guy that that said something about wanting to, you know, want you to hook up with a black guy—that is, more, um, more prevalent than you could imagine. Yeah. Uh, I got contacted while I was on these dating apps by so many couples uh, that were interested in that sort of thing, and and on my end, there was nothing in my profile that would lead them to believe that's what i'm into or right. if that's what i was looking for i mean it was just like a shot in the dark essentially yeah so i i see that a little bit and um that was one of the things that drove me to shut down my online dating profiles the first time yeah. really it was it was terrible absolutely yeah. terrible
2: you just get jaded and like um i I go through phases where I like shut him down and I'm like I'm not doing this I'm gonna go and like take a class and I'm gonna meet somebody who has similar interests to me and all you do is meet women who are looking for the same thing and there's a whole bunch of women <laughs> looking for the same guy and God forbid a guy does join I feel sorry for him because it's like he's in a shark tank
1: oh man um
2: but yeah. So it's, that's uh, a note
1: for for guys out there yeah, I guess if you're yeah. if you're looking and on the market. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, cuz all the advice that the women are getting is like take a class or join a club that has interests that you have and you'll meet people with similar interests to you and all you meet are women with similar interests to yours who are looking for a guy with similar interests to yours. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's a that's a good way to go. But it, to that point though, is I really don't think it's hard. Um, I hear men talk about how dating is hard, but I don't think it's hard. As hard for men to find something meaningful if they're looking for it as it is for women.
1: So let me ask you actually, because this one has been on my mind for a while, but um, in the past, when I have been on these apps and websites, not really looking for a relationship, and have been really upfront with people yeah. uh, about that fact, and a lot of times. Uh, people would agree with me. So women would agree. Yeah, sure, that's fine. But then over time, they were not so fine with it, even though they tried to continue to act like they were fine with it. So in your previous situations where you've had that sort of interaction with a male up front, mm-hmm. um, I mean, what does that transition how did that play out for you, basically, when you are done with that person? Do you have a talk about it, or, I mean, do you just mutually fade, or...
2: Yeah, most of them have been mutual fades, um, and that's fine. Some of them have become really good friends, and it just feels weird to sleep with them now. <laughs> um, uh, others have become friends that, uh, if I'm not in a relationship, I know it's somebody that I can call, and we can go out for a drink, or we can go out for dinner and, um, and go home at the end of the night and not have to worry about, like, who the stranger is. Um, and know that that it's gonna be fun Uh, I've only had one experience where um, we started off with just really casual dating and we're both very explicit about the fact that we weren't looking for something long term we weren't looking for something uh, exclusive we weren't weren't looking for something um, that was serious and long term and it was great and we saw a lot of each other and we slowly started spending more time together and um, uh, he was the one who actually initiated changing it from um, just like a casual friends with benefits situation to being in a, in an exclusive relationship and it felt good at the time and, and we pursued it and we were together for three months um, and I actually felt like I was starting to fall in love with him and one day he just t- he uh, he was talking to me about um, going to Colorado in February with him uh, and the next day broke up with me and couldn't tell me why and I have no idea why to this day part of me wonders if uh he had concerns about how we met, and so he had concerns about um, whether or not I could be monogamous and what whether or not I could be loyal and maintain f- fidelity in the relationship. Which is not a problem for me when I'm in a relationship. I'm um, very intentional in my decision to get involved in a exclusive relationship, and I take that very seriously. Um, so that wouldn't have been an issue. And then I was part of me wondered if it was because uh, he perceived me as somebody who. Um, wasn't relationship material because of the way that we had met and so was I just the girl that was easy or a slut or um, just suddenly didn't was fun at the time but then didn't fit in with what he was looking for in terms of a long-term relationship and so um, in terms of my personality and who I was as an individual he liked that but couldn't reconcile it to the fact that we had just met um, for hooking up and it had become more than that I think could he not wrap his head around that Um, I don't know, I don't know what the problem was, but that's been the only occasion where um, there's been an issue. Otherwise most times I'm just like, I'm involved with somebody now and so I can't see you anymore and it's accepted. Um, And other times they find somebody or they have a reason or they just don't call. Um, And the reason that I do that is because I have emotional baggage too. So uh, I'm very cautious about where I put my emotional investment. So, I don't get emotionally invested easily anymore. So if somebody does just fade away, I'm not heartbroken. It's okay. Um, but then when I do get emotionally invested, my heart breaks all over the place and it's not okay. Yeah. Which is kind of why I tend to the more casual stuff because I, as, as I said earlier, I, I can kind of pretend to myself that I'm ha- maintaining that connection as superficial as it is. Um, my belief system and, and uh, you know, I believe in... Um, in karma and soul evolution through many lifetimes and um, part of that for me means that sex is an exchange of energy between two individuals like you cannot help but get wrapped up in each other's energy fields and all the stuff that comes with that and so for me sex isn't just about the physical pleasure of getting off I mean it is it's great but it's not all about that part of it is also just about that really connecting with somebody on a level that you don't connect with um, everybody in a way that, that that you do with an individual when you're sleeping with them, um, and the regardless of how informal it is or how um, how little you know each other, it's still a very intimate act. Um, and so part of it for me is I I crave that intimacy and I crave that that sense of connection um, with somebody, but I am very shy of emotional investment, and so. Um, being with somebody on a casual basis and not investing emotionally, but still um, being able to have a casual sex relationship with them is a way for me to kind of meet that need. Um, And a friend of mine laughs at me. She's she's not judgmental at all, but she's like, you realize that you're, like, eating happy meals and wishing it was steak.
0: (laughs) And she's like, you can
2: live on happy meals for a while, but eventually you're going to want the steak. Um, And so, yeah, and she's right. That's exactly what it it is. Um, So the separating of those from those people is not difficult for me because there is not an emotional investment um but when i do commit to the emotional investment um it's a very considered decision and it affects me really deeply when it doesn't go well and i've never been the one to break up they all break up with me at around three months so Mm. dating a guy right now who um i think is getting invested pretty quickly we've been together for about five weeks we've been dating uh And he keeps on wanting to formalize it and and make it more serious. And I'm like, you still feel like this after three months, we can talk about it. But we're going to hit three months first and then see after that. I
1: I feel like that's like the magic length of time Mm -hmm. where everything is still so fresh. And, and, you know, reality doesn't really set in sometimes. and, And it doesn't seem like it can ever go wrong at that point.
2: Yeah.
1: I, I mean, I think about uh, situations where I've been kind of seeing someone, and we get to that three month point, and I'm just not there, but the other person is. Yeah. And it's a very painful process to kind of cut that off because yeah. they want to go full speed ahead, and I'm—I feel like I'm the one that's always pumping the brakes, saying, you know, not yet, not yet, not yet. Yeah. Um. It's it's been a big part of my late twenties, early thirties. I'd say.
2: Yeah, my early forties. <laughs> I um, for me, it has become uh, about I think what happens at three months is you're at that point where you've spent enough time together. You're you're, um, spending enough time together. You're being seen by each other's friends. You're maybe met the families. You, um, are in each other's lives enough that you start thinking about is do I want to keep going on with this? And so it's that evaluation of is this something that I really want to commit to or isn't it? Um and that's the thought process that happens at that point is you just hit a point where you're like, okay, I have to invest in this or I need to pull out. Um in my experience most of the guys pull out and I don't know why that is and I've had guy friends that I've talked to who um uh haven't been able to shed any light on the situation and I know that they're being honest about it. But um, they they literally don't have anything to tell me. Um, I do think, and I never used to believe this before, but I do think at this point uh, that there is this uh, traditional myth, which I think is not a myth anymore. They used to that um, that that men have women that they date that they think are fun, and women that they date that they will settle down with. And they have a really good time with the woman who's fun, and then they look for the women that they'll settle down with. And women are in one of those two camps. No woman is can be the same. Mm. And so I think I fall into the fun category because I'm very different in how I live my life and how I um, see the world to most women. I get told by most men in St. Louis that I, I have I um I have a very different outlook to most St. Louis women, and I'm like, Well, I'm not from here, it makes sense. Um so I think that uh it becomes a situation then that the very thing that attracted them to me becomes the thing that they fear um, is going to make me walk away or run. And so the only insight I've got from, from male friends of mine in terms of that is that um, they pull the plug before I do because they have a fear that I'm going to be the one that leaves or they just fear emotional investment, period. And um, I'm a strong woman. I'm a very strong woman. And um, I do call on you to stand up and be who you are and be absolutely authentic in that. And um, so the demand I make on a relationship isn't financial dependence or that you're around all the time. I don't wanna be the center of your universe and I don't want you to be the center of mine. And so um, when, I, when I'm in a relationship, what I'm asking of you is that you have my back, that you're there for me, that you're there um, to support me in ways that um, are not really traditional. Uh, So, if you think about it in terms of, like, if you take away everything that you have, so if you take away your car and where you live and what you do for a living and how much money you earn and what everyone else thinks of you and you're just standing alone as this individual, what is your intrinsic value that you bring to me? And I can see that value and enjoy it, but I think um, a lot of men are intimidated by me asking for the essence of who they are and not necessarily um, what they have or how they present themselves to the world.
1: That's an interesting way of looking at it and an interesting way of putting that. The way that I've always thought about it is the um, stranded on an island for the rest of our lives idea, you know, because I I do think that being, you know, physically attracted to someone is one thing, and that's fine. I can be physically attracted to a lot of people, but I'm looking for something that's much deeper. than just the sex or just the physical attraction because that will go away eventually you know you will get out of that initial phase where all you want to do is have sex with that person and you know there has to be something more there for me and um in the past i can think of you know situations that i've left uh, uh dating scenarios that i've left Somewhere around that three or four month period Just because I thought long term And I thought, well, this is great right now You know, there's nothing wrong Literally nothing wrong And I feel like those are the most difficult types of relationships to end Ones that there's nothing wrong But you just start to look for a future Or look towards the future And you realize this is not going to work So, Um,
2: So how do you decide it's not going to work? Like, if nothing is wrong, what's making you think it's not going to work?
1: I think long term. You know, I I think um, I can see that there are red flags, potential red flags there. And I'm thinking of one relationship in particular. And and, uh, with this person, uh, things were really good off the bat. And uh, the first week that we dated, we saw each other six times. out of those seven days and I never do that and Mm -hmm. you know I was going against all of my better judgment you know to to do this and go full speed ahead and um we dated for about two or three weeks and then she sent me this email and I think I might have read the email yeah I read the email on on a previous podcast but she sent me this email that was basically saying like you know i really like you but something's missing and i can't put my finger on what's missing and i didn't feel that way at the time so we met up to
2: say over email
1: it is so (laughs) she said um i'm communicating with you in the way that i would want this communicated with me but If you want to talk about this in person, that's fine. So we met up, talked about it in person, and she uh, basically said the same thing. And I I thought, well, you know, I'm fine. So she said, well, what about this? We continue to date and we see how things go. And, you know, let's try to make it work. If we're both invested, we both feel good about this right now. And she's like, well, you know, to be entirely honest, I didn't like my stepmom. When I first met her, and it took me a year to warm up, so I'm thinking, "Wow, are we gonna date for a year <laughs> yeah. before you know before she has too much of me?" Uh, so we actually did uh, start dating, and um, you know, a, a lot more of those red flags that pop up over the next eighteen months, yeah. <laughs> eighteen months, and like three or four breakups, and finally, um, I I had enough. And I thought, you know, she's had a lot of opportunity to improve. We've talked about the things that she does that bothers me. She told me the things that uh, bother her. But a funny thing always happens when I get in those sort of breakup situations. Those are times when you're really open and honest with each other. Right. Entirely open and honest. And it's refreshing, and it's like, well, why couldn't we have done this all along? Why couldn't we have communicated like yeah. this? Um, but for me in that situation, I finally reached the point, we tried, we tried again, yeah. we tried a third and a fourth time, and nothing improved. So that's when I finally pulled the plug.
2: Yeah, my my greatest heartbreak was not my marriage ending. Um, it was, it ended two years ago. It was the guy that I saw for four months that I met on Tinder. Um who uh it was a similar thing like we met each other we hit it off right off the bat and from day one we were together all the time spent every night together we were together all the time um three weeks in he is going on vacation with his son and he's like come with us i'm like i don't want to be horning in on your vacation he's like no come it's going to be amazing and it was it was the most amazing vacation i've ever had in my life it was a road trip Um, and we got back and we were together for um, we were gone for three weeks we got back we were together for about six weeks Um, I had no
1: so okay Uh, you went on a three week road trip with someone that you started dating three weeks previously yes okay I heard that correctly yes you did yeah Yeah. (laughs)
2: Um, and just was somebody who absolutely blew my mind um, in so many different ways and just felt an absolute soul connection with um we got back everything was going well and then it was in two days I knew on like the Wednesday um, something felt off and on the Thursday he broke up with me to this day he has still not given me a reason why and I'm like I just I don't care why just tell me so that I can understand it can, I don't care how much you think it's going to hurt me I just need you to tell me why and he's like you're awesome you're amazing I love being with you but I just can't do this I'm like that's I don't know what to do with that um, wow. it was heartbreaking and I'm still hung up on it and I'm still trying to see past that um, marriage is not my end game I don't want to get married I don't know if that's intimidating to people but I just feel like um, I, th- I still have no idea why it ended when I thought it was going really really well and I, for the first time since I'd been divorced so I mean at that point I'd been divorced 8 years for the first time I actually thought wow I can actually see myself having a future with somebody else um and it just he after that he didn't talk to me for a long time and then suddenly started texting me out of the blue and um has since been involved with somebody for 18 months but is not above booty calling me at 11 o'clock at night and um for the most part if i'm not in a relationship i'll see him um but but still is not able to give me a reason why we ended you know so it's bizarre. It's really bizarre.
1: How do you handle, you know, just having like a, a physical uh physical thing with him um after he broke your heart so much? Do you find do you find this process when he buoy calls you to be cathartic in any ways or is it damaging so, or No,
2: it's not it's not painful or damaging in terms of me having a desire to get back together or wanting him back or taking whatever piece of him I can get, the sex with him was really good. And so um, it still is when I see him. Um, so for me, it's most, it, yeah, it's pretty much of a sexual nature and just a physical nature. Um, we don't talk about who we're dating um, outside of that. It's really just late-night sex, that's good. Um, Rationally, I can tell myself that it all worked out for the best because if that's who he is, it's probably not... Well, I know it's not what I would be looking for in a relationship, Um, somebody who does that, but um, when somebody (laughs) just...
1: Uh, We're having a cat emergency. A a cat puking emergency. That's okay. Yeah, we will. We're good. Yeah, we're good. Um, He's done. (laughs) I can say that has never happened before. And it actually sounded originally like someone hitting, because I have these on, it's not like someone hitting the wall with a hammer, but...
2: Well, his name is Walter White, and he was rescued from a meth lab, and so he comes with a host of physical issues. One of which um, is digestive, and so he throws up every now and then. Oh, so and apparently eats it. Oh my. oh
1: my! Oh yeah. my! Um, <laughs> <laughs> There's always something new, and that's why I absolutely love about podcasting. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's a first. Yeah,
2: my meth, my meth cat. Oh boy. All over the place. Um. Yeah, so Rashni, I can tell myself that it's all about the sex, but I think that um, uh, there there is a, a degree at which I just feel like um, he's not somebody that I'm ever going to get out of my system, so I may as well just enjoy it while I can. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think of uh, situations for me in the past where I have um, broken up with someone or the relationship has ended, and they have been interested in... Uh, Pursuing something physically with me and I can think of you know one or two times that I've gone through with it But I'm always really fearful that I am going to hurt the other person and I'm always I always try to be very mindful about the other person's um, feelings and emotions and Whether or not something is going on in their head. That's unsaid so typically, I've always, you know, approached those situations with caution. So it's really interesting to hear, yeah. you know, how you guys are able to kind of make that separation and keep it to be like the, you know, the uh, the late late night fast food stop. You know, when you're hungry, yeah, <laughs> they're open till three.
2: And we've spoken about that because he had those concerns, um, and uh, I do it with no expectation of us getting back together i do it with um no expectation of there being any emotion involved it really is just a physical thing because it's good um and as i said before there's an energy exchange that that goes on and you know it feeds something in me but it doesn't leave me feeling wanting afterwards which um i've had before but uh not with him i think it's just it's an and it's not something that i would generally do with an ex. I, I don't, I ge- don't generally see my exes after we've broken up. It's done and it's done. Um, but this one's just different and it's it's okay. It is what it is, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, and definitely.
2: Yeah, so it's so, interesting.
1: So one of the things that I always ask people, I, I ask about their worst date because I feel like, you know, yeah. um, if you online date long enough, you will have a handful of really Shitty dates over time. Um,
2: yeah, the same I, thing jump
1: out. See,
2: I've had two dates that I've not enjoyed. I I generally enjoy meeting everybody that I find out with because you talk a little bit before you meet. I do like to meet people sooner rather than later and not have like weeks long and um paragraph long discussion online just because I feel like I'd rather get to know somebody in person than have the very um carefully curated a uh, person that they want to present. So yeah, I'm right?
1: going to come back to that okay. actually with my next question, but so, we'll put a pen in it.
2: Yeah, so um so I've landed up with two and they weren't like awful disastrous. Oh my god, how did this happen kind of dates, but they just didn't go as I thought they would. The the first one was a number of years ago. Was with a guy who um he was an archaeologist, is an archaeologist and um that's pretty much all his profile said and we'd had a couple of short conversations cuz I like to keep it that way. And we met in person and uh, he didn't say a word, not a word. I did all the talking, he would answer questions with yes, no, I don't know. And that was his contribution to the conversation. Wow. And I didn't know what to do with it. I really didn't, I can talk to anybody and I can fill space without a problem. But um, I, I was just, it was really hard work talking to him. And so I, um, after an hour I just paid for my drink and left. And didn't see him again Um, but it just struck me as really odd that somebody's coming out and wants to meet you but doesn't have anything to say I don't understand what his expectation was Um, and then the other one that I had was actually just recently was the guy that I met and we had had a very brief conversation on tinder and had spoken about um, like common interests and mutual interests and things and we met for lunch and lunch went really well got you know we were talking and learning about each other and then at the end of the conversation bearing in mind that we had had we had matched four days ago we had probably had two very rudimentary superficial exchanges um online and then we met uh he said yeah I, I like you i'm interested in seeing you again and i'm like great I, i'm interested in seeing you again too um and i got in my car and he immediately texts and he says so i want to make sure we're on the same page i'm looking for somebody to fall in love with me within six months move in and be married in 18 months
1: holy hell
2: and i text him back and i'm like i don't really have any expectation i'd rather just see where it goes and it is what it is until it isn't and um just play it by ear and see what happens organically and he became really offended and abusive um and he was just like women like you don't know what you want and i'm a good guy and um we're clearly not a good match and i don't know what made you think that we would get on and i'm like he's not even divorced and I i don't know if I'm gonna fall in love with you in six months I could fall in love with you in three months I could never fall in love with you I don't know and but you want me to commit to that timeline of things after our first date that was just bizarre wow and there's wow. nothing that, within the date itself that told me that was coming
1: wow that's wild um so yeah so you know one of the things that that you mentioned you prefer that you meet sooner rather than later and and i tend to agree with you and i don't really want to spend weeks getting in conversation with someone and and um because sometimes what they do online or you know they're they have a carefully curated online persona or a texting persona or something like that and i'd much rather see how people um Communicate in person, you know? Yeah. Um, so if you were to come up with the idea of, like, the f- the perfect first message that someone was going to send to you. Oh, gosh. What is that perfect first message?
2: I'm literally speechless. I don't know. Okay. I, because so- I couldn't tell you. I, I could respond well to something, but I couldn't tell you what I'd want somebody to say to
1: me. So I'll, I'll tell yeah. you I'll, what... You know what i'm thinking um and if i were to come up craft like a a perfect first message to me uh, that i want it to be obvious that someone actually did read my profile and put effort into it um they looked at my pictures or maybe they have a comment about one of my pictures Mm -hmm. or Maybe, you know, I have a picture of myself um, skydiving, and they'll say, oh, cool, you know, where you skydive, or something like that, or um, I've gotten uh, a, a lot of the messages that really went over well with me were things that made it obvious that they were paying attention, yes. or, I mean, I will say, compliments, you know? Yeah. Um Someone uh, in the past messaged me, and I still think about it every now and then. I kind of laugh about it. Someone uh, messaged me and said, You have an iconic smile. And <laughs> yeah. it really did, you know, kind of yeah. take me off guard because uh, I'm used to the standard, Hey, hi, right. hey, how's yeah. it going? Right. What's up? Yeah. You know, the low effort, just. Yeah. Those Let me see if I get me. a
2: bite and then maybe I'll put an effort. Yeah. And I get it. Like, I get it. Um, I'll tell you what I don't like. So um, I have uh, had experiences where I think um, I am the woman who, I don't think it's as much about the way that I look, maybe a little bit more about how I sound and just that I'm reasonably confident Um I am kind of a woman that I think I walk into a room and men think, like, that's the girl that I want to fuck, not necessarily that's the girl that I want to settle down with, and sure, it has to do with how you present yourself as well. But um, messages I don't like. I don't like people who um, their first message is, like, hey, beautiful, or hey, sexy, or um, anything that talks about my physical appearance in a sexual way. Yeah. Um, that's not appealing to me. So compliment me on my smile, compliment me on... Um, when you see me doing something that looks like fun, that tell me that I sound interesting. Whatever it is, that's fine, but I don't like those kind of um, uh, messages that start out that way, um, regardless of what I'm looking for. Firstly, acknowledge me as a human being, not just an object that you think is pretty. Um, so I don't like those. I do like messages. I've had messages where people um, have sent me a first message and I'll go and look on their profile and then my profile very clearly states um, as I've learned it has had to over the last year that I am liberal in my thinking um, uh, in terms of politics um, and there are, few, there are people who are like if you didn't vote for Trump swipe no and I'm like you messaged me Like, did you not read my profile um, we're not going to be a match you know so definitely somebody who acknowledges that they've read my profile and then once the conversation starts give me something to work with so um If I'm gonna start the conversation, I go into the profile and I find a picture or something that they've said that piques my interest and I ask them more about that. I comment and ask them more about that. Um, So it would be something like, oh, I see you're a mountain biker too, where do you go mountain biking? And I'll get Castlewood. I'm like, okay, what do I do with that? You know, I'm like, great, I like going there too. Yeah, it's fun. I'm like, give me something to work with or people who have absolutely nothing in their profile message me first and just give me like the hey or what's up um, and I'm like going well like busy week but it's going well whatever it is like you engage in small talk but all you get back is one word answers and I'm like you're obviously not investing much like why are you even messaging me if you're not giving me anything to work with like where do you want this conversation to go so you
1: know? e- yeah that's interesting and and something that's really been on my mind lately actually is the um, is conversation in general as yeah. you're interacting with these people and I think about you know, uh what kind of effect your profession has on what you how you are as a dater. And I think of like, you know, salespeople, business development people, fundraisers, you know, all that I'll lump all of them into one category. Um, you know, we are used to talking to people, period. Right. And, and uh, it's all relationship based. Yeah, yeah. Like, and yeah. I, I feel like in the past I have had um, very deceptive dates mm-hmm. because it's just what I do, you know and, and I walk away and i I feel a lot better about it than I should yeah um, but then the other person they enjoyed it as well, but yeah. it just there just wasn't much there. So I feel like in a way, I have kind of been ruined for that uh, through the process i
2: I i hadn't thought of that but i would agree with that i think when it's our job to get to know somebody um and the nature of what we do is to make people feel comfortable and um and and do it in a way that's sincere it's not at all in a way that's insincere um but talking to people and and finding common ground and um and going through that process of discovery with someone, I think uh, maybe comes more naturally and is easier for us. Um, I prefer to meet in person sooner rather than later because I rely a lot on feedback and body language and um, and tone of voice and all those things that I think get lost in tex- texting. And so I do think that there have been times uh, where I have assumed that the nature of the conversation is one of just indifference or ambivalence or not really interested. Uh, but I couldn't tell you because the interaction was all online, and you read into it however you're feeling at the time, right? Um, so, I do think maybe I write people off sooner than maybe I should based on that. Um, I hadn't given that thought before, but I think you're right.
1: Yeah, I, I've I've thought about it more and more, and and you know, I it goes into why I just actively shut down my profile at one point because I it almost felt like work. Like I was going out and, you know, um, sometimes it feels like you're pulling teeth with people when you're so used to being able to just sit down and have a natural conversation. When it doesn't go as naturally as you desire, or if they're not at the same level that you are, it's so painful. Yeah. And I, you know, I think about... um, tinder was especially bad for this and and uh the low effort conversation and i think a lot of that plays into is the whole um abundance mentality yes there are so many people out there okay if this one doesn't work let me just swipe you know or stop responding
2: i think i think it's i think that is so multifaceted i think it's abundance like there's a lot of option and a lot of choice so how much do you have to actually invest to get any kind of return? You're gonna get a return at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, I think part of it has to do with, as well, um, instant gratification. So if I'm not getting the response that I want right now, I can just move on to somebody who's gonna give me a response rather than really investing time in how, you, uh, how you're how you gonna respond and how you interact with people. Um, if you're not getting what you want straight away, you just move on to the next one and you write someone off who, um, and the guy I'm dating right now, I, I wrote off after the first date. Um, and i 'll tell you about that in a minute, but so I think that that 's an aspect of it um instant gratification. I also think that there's uh it 's abundance it 's instant gratification, and I think it 's almost like a an altered false reality so is are you swiping and chatting because you 're lying on the couch and you 're kind of bored, so you may as well just pick up your phone and swipe and see what 's going on. Um, as opposed to if you were really intentional about it, you would sit down and really think about who you're looking at and what you want out of them. But because this is just like, oh, let me see what hits I can get, Um, and thinking of people as like prospects or targets or as a game, rather than as individuals on the other end who are are potentially looking for something. And I think men and women are equally um, guilty of doing it. Um, Me too, I mean, there've been times when I've been on there and just swiping and chatting because I've got nothing better to do. Um, And then there've been times where I've been really intentional about it. and being on the receiving end of somebody who is just bored and looking for something to do and get involved in the conversation and you think it's going really well and then you never hear from them with no explanation. So it's kind of, um, I think it has gamified or made a game out of dating um, in a way that has not, it hasn't been before. And so, uh, you know, games come with rules and I don't know what the fuck the rules are. I'm still trying to figure it out. Yeah, um, yeah. But I'm not taking everything at face value like I used to. And it's why I prefer to meet in person sooner rather than later.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I I, I do agree with you. The instant gratification aspect, there's, there's definitely something there to that. And, you know, it's almost like um, if you ever go to a casino and you watch someone, and it's one of the saddest things that you'll see is someone at a slot machine, and yeah. they're just aimlessly pulling the lever over and over and over as they f- continue to feed money into the slot machine. Yeah. It feels and it seems very similar yeah. in that aspect.
2: Yeah. And I read a, a, um, an article about it and I don't think it was a study that was done but it was just a, a psychologist providing insight into this whole like conundrum that we find ourselves in of, of talking to a lot of people but on a very superficial level and really not a lot of it going through to any kind of meaningful connection to even see whether this is something that you want to pursue. Um, and she said that she thinks that, um, that the act of swiping and seeing the match, um, has the same dopamine release in your brain that you get from video games or from gambling, or it's, um, it's releasing this hormone that is associated with reward. And so the, fact that you've matched is enough of a reward for you to not have to then go and pursue anything anymore because it's reinforced whatever it is you're looking for. So, and then getting someone to talk to you is like leveling up in your game, right? So now you're at the next level, somebody's actually responded. And it's all about the process of getting response rather than real interaction. So you've got somebody to like you and match. Now you've got somebody to talk to you. Now you've got somebody to tell you a little bit about themselves. Well, now I've lost interest and I'm going to go on to the next challenge um, for people who maybe aren't as intentional about it as you would like them to be and I thought that was interesting that it's like that just the act of being online and having interaction is reward enough for some people um, rather than the act of actually finding somebody that you could potentially going to be a partner with
1: and I think that's the thing that um, will continue to make these online dating apps really difficult and wholly unsuccessful for a lot of people is that Oftentimes people are people have different motivation to, to pick up the phone. Like you said, sometimes you're bored and, and you know, I, I was the same way, you know, I you know, just be bored. Um oh, let's see what's going on, you know, and you start swiping. And it was really to me in the end felt very shallow and and um you knew that you weren't really getting anything out of it, but yeah. you still felt compelled. And that's what really started to scare me a little too much about these dating apps and and websites and things like that. So let's get back. I I know we put a pin in a few minutes ago. You said the guy that you're currently seeing, you wrote off after the first date?
2: Yeah, and he wrote me off too, actually. Uh,
0: Yeah, we we laughed about
2: it. So uh, we've been dating for about five weeks. So it's still like well within my three-month window. So I'm not feeling emotional investment. We spend a significant amount of time together, though. We have fun when we're together um so uh i came away from our first date we would had a couple of conversations online we'd both agreed that we'd rather meet in person than carry on the conversation online but i had a really busy week that week um for work and so i'm like great but like let's do it next week so between making the date and the date actually happening was about a week and we laugh about it now because he had said um he didn't want to text me every day because, like, that's painful. And I'm thinking to myself, like, please, God, don't text me every day and, like, make me try and fill the space. We're going to meet. We can figure <laughs> it out then. So we did. And I came away thinking that he was, like, a really square, straight financial guy that just isn't going to mesh with um, with my values. Um, I'm much more easygoing, laid back, kind of not very structured um, in my personal life. And my, my public life is very different. Um, but... Uh, he came away thinking that I was very very serious and had no sense of humor which for anybody who knows me um, and that I was very straight and like narrow in my focus about how life should be lived um, which for anyone who knows me knows that that is furthest from the truth but I get how people can see that um, particularly if they get to know me in a professional professional setting first my work me and my my real me are, are completely different. Ah, same um, here. I, because they have to you. be, because I'm totally like a, a free-spirited, nature-loving, dance-in-the-rain, hug-my-crystals um, kind of person, which isn't going to go over well in the very conservative industry that I work in, um, but also isn't going to get anything done. And that's not to say I don't get anything done. But so the, he didn't think that I was any fun, and, he, and I didn't think that he was either. And we landed up seeing each other um, at a music concert that we'd both gone to independently of each other, and seeing each other and watch this um, this band that we both really loved, like just let go uninhibited, having fun, but not with each other. And I'd seen him, and I'm like, okay, maybe he's not as straight as I thought he was. And he had seen me and being like, okay, maybe she is fun. So we went on. So he texted me after that. Actually, and we went on a second date, and he's like, I thought that you were really serious and didn't have a sense of humor. Um, and I'm like, yeah, I thought you were like the straight, square, finance guy, and nothing about either of us could be further <laughs> from the truth. Um, so it's, it's fun for now. Um, but yeah, we'll see, see where it goes. That's so funny. First impression was absolutely not who either of us was, but we were apparently both desperate enough that we gave another shot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I, I definitely feel you when you say, you know, work you and, and actual you are entirely different because I, I feel like the same way. Um, I don't think that I am the most interesting person when it comes down to it but I I do genuinely enjoy and I am very passionate and driven within my hobbies Uh, but I feel like one of the things that I'm still learning is the balance of exposing enough of my personality within the workspace Yeah, Um, and you know uh, initially within the dating uh, world is well first date how weird do you want to get on a first date is where i always yeah. get you know
0: well
2: i so i used to be like that and i'm like oh, okay like at what point do i tell them the weird stuff because everybody's got their crazy oh yeah and, i love it and you've just so. got to figure out like what level and what degree of crazy and what type of crazy you're good with so i have decided that from the first date I'm just going to let my crazy out because if this is how I live my life, these are the things that I believe in. These are things that are really intrinsic to who I am. And if you don't know these things and then you find them out later, it's either going to be a deal breaker or it's not. Um, so I, uh, I work as a nonprofit consultant, um, in my, in my day job, but I also am a, a Reiki healer. So I practice Reiki. Um, And I am an intuitive empath, I am clairsentient, which means that I can feel what other people feel. So I can't read minds and I can't see the future, um, but I can feel people. So um, I have a really good lie detector. So when somebody tells me something and it's not the truth, I can feel and I know when what is coming out of their mouth is not what is coming from their heart. Even to the point where people who believe their own lies, and people do believe their own lies, um, your brain can fool your mouth and your mouth can fool your brain, but you can never fool, fool your heart. And I can read what's in your heart. So um, straight off the bat, I tell people that. Um, and part of the the Reiki therapy that I do with, with Reiki clients is um, I do the Reiki healing, I balance the chakras, and I give them feedback on what their body and their system and their heart has told me, for lack of a better word. Um, and as I'm explaining this to you now is how I'm going to explain it to somebody on the first date at which point they're like fucking crazy she thinks she can read people and I'm not dealing with this or holy shit what if she can do what she says she, she can do and I don't want to expose myself to that um, some people find it scary and some people don't care like the guy I'm dating right now is interested he's experienced it and he's okay with it he thinks it's interesting um, but there have been other people where I've kind of kept it subdued and not let people know who I am from that point of view um, which I've really realized at the end of it was um then i'm not letting them know who i am at all because that is everything that i am um and it's how i've walked through my life since i was little and i've had to shut it down as a kid and not acknowledge it as a kid because it's not gone over well with adults when i call them out on their bullshit um but it's uh i've just got to a point now where i'm like yeah this is this is my crazy and you can deal with it or you can't Um, and it comes with all these awesome things but it also comes with these not so awesome things and i would say generally um it piques interest that people want to find out more about it and see me again. Um, but there have definitely been some people where they're just like, no, you're the spawn of Satan, and i that's not something that I can bring into my house. Um, to other people who are just like, yeah, that's kind of weird. What drugs are you on? And they're not interested from that point of view. Um, and people who are just like, oh, that's your belief system, and it's different to mine. That's cool. They don't care. Um, and other people who are genuinely interested. And then people who are genuinely afraid of it. You're afraid that I can do what I say I can do. So,
1: yeah. <laughs> so I I feel like there is a big benefit though to exposing exactly yeah. who you are off the bat because yeah. there's a lot less potential for waste wasted time. Essentially, exactly. You it's, know, I'm
2: not wasting your time. You're not wasting mine. And I also think um, be who you are. You know, and I for me and and for everyone else, I, I think a lot of the disappointment in dating. And relationships and marriages comes from presenting yourself in a way that you think um, the other person wants to perceive you rather than being who you are and letting them decide if there's a match um, and if there really is common ground and connection for who you really are instead of who you think you should be for this person so um, I decided to just completely strip that away and and start talking about it and um, it's made the selection process a lot shorter and easier <laughs> for sure <laughs> so.
1: so the way that I look at it and um I, I i look at it in a very like uh like the match search engine um i I set my parameters uh, initially I set them very high and and yeah. you know it filtered out a lot of people and I feel like. Um, exposing your true personality from day one enables uh, one of those types of filters and it does it for me I felt like it did weed out quite a few people but after a while I became very good at sensing who would and wouldn't truly be into the actual me before I even messaged them, yeah. so I I was never really the okay cupid type that would copy and paste. I've never actually copy and pasted a message in my entire life. Good, uh, it's crazy, but yeah. I I would actually go and read their profile and yeah. you know kind of find one interesting thing to lash latch onto and and not expect a response. And I feel like um, one of the things that gets people down a little bit in the dating world as being very outcome dependent. Yes. And when I started to have a better time with it, I I was one I finally kind of abandoned that mentality. And I thought, well, you know, I'm interesting. You know, I, I feel like I'm a good person at heart. Um, I feel like if they do go out with me, they will have an enjoyable time, even if at the end of the date we decide yeah to not take it further. Um, So if they aren't going to respond, they're a loss. Yeah. And that that mindset change for me was so beneficial in my online dating experience.
2: Yeah, my mindset change was a little different. Um, So it was present myself as who I am. The second thing was when you talk about it being outcome-based was I now no longer call the first date a date. On the advice of a friend of mine um, it's a meeting so that there's no expectation right because it's I think online dating is so expectation-loaded that you can't help but be disappointed with the outcome if it doesn't lead to something more Um, and so then the other thing is having no expectation like going on a meeting meeting somebody purely with the expectation of spending an hour with them and finding out who they are not Building up that this is my next boyfriend or that I really like this person and I hope they like me but really I'm going to meet this person we're gonna chat for an hour and That is my expectation um, Beyond that I have none and That has changed my mind a bit because initially when you're When for me when I was dating when I started online dating seriously to find a partner um, and I was looking for a long-term relationship almost every prospect, for lack of a better term, you start thinking of in terms of long-term potential before you've even met them. Like, what a way to set yourself up for failure, right? So now it's just about, um, okay, I'm looking for a long-term relationship. Um, It's gonna be probably with one person, so I have the potential to meet 50 people, and so expecting that outcome to be with these 50 people is unreasonable so changing my expectation to one of just let's see where this goes let's meet the person and see where this goes rather than considering it to be an interview to be my boyfriend um which is a really crass and um inarticulate way of putting it but i guess is what it is it, it really is um, an, interview, though. I an interview to see if you can be my boyfriend has now just become you look pretty cool like let's meet and have a chat and um since then i've come away with uh second dates. I've come away with people who I'm not going to date, but have become friends. So it's opened up this possibility in terms of who I meet and the role they play in my life in a very different way than I would have expected beforehand, Um, just by changing my expectations. And and in retrospect, looking back at it, God, weren't they unreasonable expectations? I mean, it's no, it's a step above an arranged marriage, except you're doing it for yourself if you go in with that expectation after the first meeting, you know?
1: Yeah, you know, um, that, makes me uh, think back a few years ago, I uh, went through kind of a similar mindset change as well, where um, initially I felt way too much pressure when I would go on these first dates meetings. Um, And I had talked to a person for a while, and I just at that point, I was ready to date someone, you know, ready to have a partner. And I feel like Um, I went in with all of these expectations. So it is really, um, it's hard to live up to that. So what I did was um, I set aside, gosh, this was April, maybe April, because I think the first date was on April Fools. Um, (laughs) uh, So what I did was I set aside one month and I wanted to go on 30 Dates in thirty days. Wow! That yeah, sounds like fun. It was, uh, it was fun. It was exhausting for the first week, and then yeah. afterwards, you are like, oh, yeah. About uh, about the fourth or fifth day, I thought, you know,
2: how do you find thirty people to date in thirty days? I get days? myself into. Yeah, like, I don't think uh, I could find thirty dates in a month.
1: Oh, you could, you could. Uh, so maybe, so what happened? Maybe. <laughs> yeah, I know. So you you start to yeah. uh, lower that threshold a little bit, but um, what happened was um some of these i did count second and third dates in there mm-hmm. uh i think they're the uh the end of the month total though i went out with like 14 different people a total of 30 times a uh, still. Yeah. it was intense and yeah. it was it was a little too much and um it was a fun experiment though but what happened I would like build in days off <laughs> so I would do like a happy hour and maybe a dinner or maybe I would do you know uh, a lunch and then you know someone I uh, I meet up later that evening or something like that uh, but it was a really interesting process and it made me look at dating mm-hmm. so much differently because that pressure was gone from there out it was hey let's grab a drink let's grab coffee let's do this really basic thing and see if we want to hang out again yeah it's just hanging out you know and i didn't get nervous anymore
2: what do you think about um uh so that's the, the loaded expectation side of things and in terms of what you're looking for. And, and I realized that I was kind of naive and like, okay, I'm ready to find someone now, where are you? And, and thinking <laughs> that, that because now I'm ready, I'm gonna find that person. But uh, one thing I've learned too is I had in my mind what my parameters were, so what my search parameters were. So um, I would put those in uh, and I would always do the advanced search. So I would do, um, I would put in as much detail as I could in terms of what I was looking for. So. Um, age, uh, distance, like anything that you could put parameters on, I did. Um, thinking that now I was being smart because I'm getting what I'm looking for, right? And I think one of the things that I've really enjoyed about Tinder um, is that you, the extent of the, um, the parameters that you can put on it are not extensive. So I've landed up meeting people that probably would have been outside of my kind of set of people that I was looking at um, and it's gone really well I've enjoyed meeting them and so um, being a little more uh, flexible and um, less determined in what exactly it is I'm looking for and just being more open to whoever it is that I meet and seeing what happens has been a lot more rewarding than Um, than saying, I want somebody, I'm not dating anyone who is over the age of 47, who doesn't live within 10 miles of me, um, who doesn't have, who isn't at least self-employed or or in a full-time job. Um, I've met some really interesting people outside of that. Um, I was like, I am not dating anybody that has guns because so many pictures you see people who have guns. I I dated a guy with 21 guns and he didn't kill me and it wasn't offensive. And um, so I've learned a little more about um, myself But also just about, uh, um, I'm very much a person that needs to be in control of what I'm doing, even though I am fully rationally aware of the fact that control is an illusion. Um, I will try and control as much as possible. And relinquishing as much control as possible has been a lot more rewarding than trying to control the process in terms of who I find and when I see them and what I want the outcome to be yeah that That makes any sense
1: yeah it totally does and and that's one of the things that i did enjoy as well is that you know um you do have the opportunity to meet so many people that don't fit the box of what you thought you wanted right and then um i i think that like bigger picture that gets to uh a lot of issues with society today as a whole is that we are surrounded Online, oftentimes, only by people who agree with, you know, our beliefs or, you know. So it's a very controlled, um, small online community that we are a part of. And I feel like along the way, something is lost uh, because we don't connect with people that we think, you know, we, we we wouldn't get along with. So I, I do see a lot of value in yeah. losing some of the control over the search process. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, you know, when I was a journalist, that was one of the most enjoyable things for me was to continuously be able to uh, meet people that had very different beliefs than I did.
2: And I think you've got to seek those opportunities out just on a um, societal and community level because... It's very easy to convince yourself that the way you think and what you believe is right because you do surround yourself with people who, um, whose values and, and, and outlook on life is, is congruent with yours. So it's really easy then to make the mistake of believing that everybody thinks like that because everybody that I know thinks like that or everybody would react like that because everybody that I know reacts like that. Um, and so forcing yourself out of your comfort zone to meet people and interact with people who maybe don't see eye to eye on many things um, or on a lot of different things um, is beneficial in terms of evaluating who you think you are, too, and also in terms of um, identifying the value in another individual who maybe doesn't think exactly the way that you do. I mean, there are some things that are absolute deal breakers <laughs> for me that I won't tolerate, yeah. um, uh, but um, there are other things where I'm just like, okay, that's not the big deal that I thought it was. I do have to tell you, though, like Trump has been a big deal. It's been a big, de- bigger deal than I thought it was. Um, I've, I've dated a couple of people who told me that they'd voted for Trump and we got into conversations about it. I'm like, okay, I can deal with this if I understand why. And we get into conversations with about it and um, that's when I just realize that values does play a role and that they do need to be, um, they're, they're values on some things that just do need to be the same, otherwise you're going to be involved in this constant um, tug of war and battle of wills and just as tolerant as i was trying to be i was re- losing respect for them by the second when they were talking about their reasons why um and so uh never in, and never has politics played a big big role in my dating life as it has now but it's it's become something that's central to yeah. that so
1: yeah i i definitely agree um that has brought in a whole new level of you know, complications i i think
2: yeah. and so many people are putting it in their profile now i'll tell you this oh, yeah. about 6 months ago <laughs> No, about a year ago, um, the most common thread that I saw throughout men's profiles, and to the point that it made me wonder if they'd all gone to the same how to write your Tinder profile class, was some kind of comment on the Oxford comma. Literally. Literally 80% of the profiles had some kind of reference to the Oxford comma. To the point where I, I looked it up. And I'm like, was there some kind of, like, article? Like, did Men's Health write an article or GQ write an article about, like, how to spice up your profile and make it sound funny? Because it was in so many profiles. Um, now, it's um, very much, I see in so many profiles, if you voted for Trump, I'm not interested, or if you didn't vote for Trump, I'm not interested, um, <laughs> coming up in profiles. I'm not that explicit in my profile. It just says that I'm liberal. Um, but it it's that has come up in profiles where I've never, ever seen politics play as role. so that's been interesting for me
1: so if you were to come up or give a suggestion for men who are trying to write their profile because it's obvious that they need help Yeah. Uh, if you're seeing the same thing right. over and over it seems like there might be something out there maybe a little like ebook how to write your tinder profile and that Oxford comma is yeah. a suggestion or something. Yeah. I don't know. I have no idea. Twenty
2: things that and I love to travel.
1: Oh. And yeah. craft beer. Oh, of of course. Yeah. But do you feel like that's part of the community that we live in too? Is that there are a lot of men that fit in. Um I actually did talk about this in a previous episode. Uh, I called it um I think it's STL man eighty two or something oh, yeah. like that. Uh you know, do you feel like uh, There is almost, like, a common guy. And I I think, you know, the craft beer thing just kind of sets me off. But um, (laughs) it it seems like there's an STL man.
0: Oh,
2: yeah. Yeah. Um, So there are a lot of things that are common in profiles. And I'm sure that when men look at women's profiles, they see a lot of similarities, too. And they're like, I really didn't want to know that. Um, What I'm looking for in a profile is I want... um, two or three pictures of you not all of them and what is the obsession with the bathroom and the gym selfie like if, oh, you're, if, yeah. you have a, if you're flexing in front of the mirror with your camera um, or you're next to a urinal I'm kind of turned off um, yeah. but that, there's a lot of that uh, so have a couple things that show what it is that you do for a living um, I hate when every single one is a group picture and I've got to try and figure out who you are um, but then just put stuff in your profile that you think is unique to you or that you think would be a good conversation starter it doesn't have to be an essay um don't put, I'm an open book, ask me anything, because that still doesn't give me a starting point.
1: Low effort.
2: Yeah, just think about two or three things that you're really passionate about. And even if you just put them down as words, it's something that I can go on to start a conversation or, or decide if I want to pursue a conversation with you. Um, so uh, the other things that I hate are the guys who put in there. Um, looking for no drama and no BS, so please be drama-free and don't be a psycho. or Like some version of that. Like, well, that doesn't that's not appealing to me um so I think if you to write a profile that is going to get the interest of any woman I think just even if you just put in like three things that you enjoy um and you start off with I enjoy one two and three that's a whole lot more for me to go on than a whole diatribe about how you've just got out of your 10-year marriage and you've got two kids and you're just giving this just try to see what happens because I I don't want to ask you about your wife I don't or ask you about my kids. friends
1: made me do this right. my yeah. friends set this up for and me and I mean
2: my profile is not the best I'm pretty sure but it, it gives you a pretty good idea of what you think I like which having said that you're going to want to see it aren't you um, I'm always curious yeah <laughs> but um, I just and in terms of there being a common STL guy yeah there are definitely two camps Um, there are the guys who wear plaid shirts and beards and I have no problem with either. And then there are the guys who, um, wear camo and have pictures of their dead deer and ducks and fish. Mm. Um, those are the two most common, I, I guess, stereotype or personas that I see. Um, I'm particularly drawn to profiles which show people doing something active outside. So biking or hiking or mountain climbing or, um, something of that nature. Um, that's what attracts me, and I I would start a conversation based on on your picture, um. Yeah, just have something in there that's interesting. That's not, and then there's a a whole plethora of profiles of men, who appear to be looking down at their phone to take a selfie, and they go with that picture. Oh, and the that's angle the only one they go with. Yes. And you like, show yourself doing something other than sitting in the toilet or in your
0: car.
1: Yeah. It, Car Generate, selfies. Know, know, yeah. So I, I ran across, and I, I remember this one, and it will always stick with me because whenever I think about the the low effort of Tinder that you see sometimes, I remember seeing a profile of someone um, that said, hi, I like lots of interesting things.
2: I have seen that, actually. I've like, seen men say that.
1: Well, well what are these interesting things like expand on it a little bit and it kind of gets to the conversation thing that we were talking about a little earlier about how people interact with each other on on, you know Tinder well you know where do you like to go mountain biking oh they respond Castlewood they leave it at that okay well let's take it one step further so that's one of the things that I think has just always stuck with me from my journalist Mm -hmm. days is like taking it one step further and that's in even in my face-to-face conversation but like those conversations too like
2: and don't put the obligation on me to keep asking the questions yeah you know get involved in the conversation rather than just answering my questions i think is important um i had a a, a profile like that where the guy he had he had interesting pictures and his profile just said um i i do a lot of interesting things probably more (laughs) interesting than you so that got my interest, so I messaged him. I'm like, what's the most interesting thing about you that you think I should know? He goes, I speak four languages. I'm like, Oh really? What are they? And I picked up pretty quickly that he was lying because he he said like English and then Spanish, I think French, and then he said Chinese. I'm like, Chinese isn't a language. Um, it's a nationality, but the languages are not called Chinese. They're Chinese languages, but the actual languages themselves are Mandarin or Cantonese. Mm -hmm. And um, he came back and he's like, well, all of them. What? And I'm like, okay, so you speak more than four languages. I'm like, okay, aside from the languages, what's interesting about you? He's like, I've traveled to lots of places. I'm like, so have I. So if if you're going to tell me that you're interesting you'd
0: better fucking be interesting
2: <laughs> you know and tell me something that's going to make me go like oh wow that's exciting and it doesn't have to be something that nobody's ever done before but just a little more than like and, and eventually he said to me um we, we better back and forth and I said your effort to be interesting is making you really vague and I'm bored <laughs> how, so did,
1: how did he take that he didn't respond yeah
2: and I'm like if you're going to be interesting like say interesting things
1: So, you know, I I think about dating in St. Louis and I think about a lot of the difficulties that I've had over the years and I think about successful relationships that I've had and uh, the one common thread that I've found is they are not from St. Louis. Oh, yeah, Uh, I have the same thing. You know, and I I, I feel like for people who... um, have the the people that i interact best with are are people who have either grown up here left and come back Mm -hmm. are people who have never lived here and they moved here as an adult and you know sometimes i think of like the saint louis mentality of not getting out or you know not trying something new not leaving your comfort zone and I will say, you know, I don't have a personality that aligns with the typical STL yeah, man. You know, yeah. I, I talk about my emotions a lot and <laughs> I don't yeah. hide those. And I feel like that scares a lot of people. It scares a lot of my guy friends, even, who aren't used to having those types of conversations. Like, yeah, how are you really feeling?
2: So... My experience with St. Louis men has been a little different. It's not about not being able to talk about their emotions. Most of the people that I land up getting on with really well and pursuing something beyond a first or second date are not from here. Um, So here's what I've noticed about St. Louis men, and I have a lot of St. Louis men who are great friends, but as people who date, um, and I alluded to this earlier, they want to tell me where they work, where they live, and what they drive. And I don't care because that's not how I measure someone's value. Now, whether that is a function of the expectation that St. Louis women have put on them, or women have put on them in general, or it's a function of how they perceive their value and so they want how they want to present themselves, I'm like, I don't care about any of those things. I want to know about who you are. What What are you passionate about? What makes you angry? What makes you happy? What makes you joyful? Like, if you didn't have to work every day, what would you be doing with your life? Um, but no, the fact that you're going to come and pick me up and the car that you drive and take me to a fancy restaurant um, is not what's gonna make me want to see you. That's not where I place your value. Um, But it is very much how men frame themselves. Um, And so uh, that's kind of off putting to me, I don't like that. And that has been difficult to navigate. So most of the men that I have landed up dating have not been from here. Except for I dated four men in a row. Who, um, I met online. Who all had very different careers, were different ages, looked very different, but good God, I don't know what was in the water. Every single one of them, four men in a row over the space of fourteen months, were from Columbia, Illinois. Wow. I know, right? And the town is tiny. Yeah, it's not. A, it, it's just across the river. Yeah. Yeah, and they all live in St. Louis now. I, I don't know what the hell is going on. That I'm like at Columbia, Illinois. Boy magnet, like did, beacon. I don't know.
1: Did they all know each other?
2: No. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. After the fact, and I'm like, okay. And and St. Louis is too small as it is. They di- it if they is. didn't know each other personally, they knew the families. Um, and then I went through a stage where, um, uh, and it's just changed with the guy I'm dating now. But previous to that, in terms of men that I dated, that I actually would say I was involved with dating um on a more long-term basis or serious basis bearing in mind that nothing's gone past three months because i can't fudge that um they've all been engineers six engineers Hmm. yeah and i don't i like smart but apparently i like emotionally devoid too so
1: you have a type (laughs) (laughs) yeah right um
2: and different kinds of engineers but engineers and i think i'm i'm attracted to smart um and I don't math good at all. So I think if somebody does, that's like, I I perceive that as being smart, but there are also people who I think deal in absolutes and I don't, I'm very much like play in the gray area. And so, um, I think maybe that's why they haven't worked, but it's just interesting to me that, and, and I make a point of not asking what you do for a living until we meet. I don't, if you volunteer that information, that's fine, but it's not a conversation starter for me. Um, and literally, I sat down with the last guy, and I'm like, another fucking engineer. Like, <laughs> who actually reported to a guy that I dated previously in this line of six engineers.
1: Wow. So, yeah,
2: yeah it was interesting.
1: Well, St. Louis is so small. I know, right? Um, yeah. I, I mean, it's... I, I feel like it should be a little frightening for some people. Yeah. Uh, but I I don't think, and I haven't seen up until this point, that it's really influenced a lot of people's behavior. No. Um, but... Yeah, I, I, I do have a lot of situations. And I think back um gosh, a couple years ago I was uh um I was in Home Depot and I I gone to pick up some boxes and um uh, this man stops me in the in the door and he's like, I never thought I'd see you in person. How are you? You know, what's up, man? I'm like, oh, doing well So I'm trying to play it off Because I thought it might be someone I know through work Like someone I met months or years ago mm-hmm. When uh, So we continued talking And he asked to take a picture with me And I'm like, okay, this is getting pretty weird So I took a picture with this guy And um, finally I was like Who do you think I am? And he said you're a lot shorter than than I I thought you were on TV. You're that weatherman, right? And I'm oh like, my gosh! No, I I don't, I don't even know who he's talking about. So, you know, I get out to my car and I search the weathermen of all of the local TV stations, and I find the guy. And turns out we look nothing like one another.
0: Right.
1: Um. So a week later I had started that 30 dates and 30 days process and I was out on maybe I think this was date number 3 or 4 of that month and uh, it was our first date and you know we're just general chit chat at that point and I was like I have to tell you about something that that happened at Home Depot last week it's so crazy so I told her a story and she goes incredibly pale and I'm like what what and she said what do you do you know this this guy uh are you friends with the the weatherman and and i was like no and she's like well i just broke up with him like two weeks ago and it's just such a saint louis situation because you know first off this guy confuses confuses me for another black guy in a suit with glasses with not much hair, you know uh, But then a week later I go out with this His weatherman's ex. ex Yeah, so this goes on A little bit And uh, I, I kind of laugh this off and, and later that year I got into a long term Relationship with um, That person that I was talking about earlier in the episode Where we went out six times In the first week And um, we break up go our separate ways for about a month or so we start seeing different people and we meet back up for a drink and we're talking about um our time you know our time apart what we did and um she's telling me about the dates and she went out with this engineer and she's like you know i knew from the moment he walked in that it was a no-go because he's wearing uh Uh, cargo shorts with like these massive pockets on the side and she just didn't like it couldn't do it uh but then uh she went out with this one guy who he was okay but he had no idea what he was doing with his life and uh, we start talking a little bit about it and i was like well what do you do and she's like uh he was some sort of weatherman.
2: Oh, my God. And I was
1: like, no fucking way. <laughs> this guy it's will like, not get he, out of my gonna, life. He's going to, like,
2: plague you for the rest of your life. When you Did you eventually just call him up and tell him you need to go for a drink? Uh, I would have done that.
1: I, I emailed him, actually. I sent him an email. And, uh, no, I messaged him on Twitter, actually. Uh, s- messaged him on Twitter, and I was like, hey, man, uh, let me just tell you about the last, you know, like, <laughs> year and a half of my life. And, uh he's like what we look nothing alike but apparently stl woman 82 has a type uh and uh a type of black guy and and it's like black guy with glasses that's reasonably well dressed but i ran into we crossed over uh partners like three or four times in the end and then he left the country and he's back now but uh, <laughs> uh so it it's just so funny that yeah. you know we continue to run into each other but St. Louis is a very small community so yeah. you know you everybody just everybody knows everybody it's yeah. crazy yeah yeah i, I kind of like it though in no, a I don't. way i know
2: i'm too independent and um yeah i know i don't like it i feel like
1: if you are A good person and try to leave people in a better place after you meet um, it will benefit you but I can see how you wouldn't like it
2: I don't like it um, uh, from the point of so so here's a couple of things that have happened to me with online dating Um, with St. Louis being too small has played into it Um, I met a guy on Tinder Um, we went on a couple of dates And suddenly I got a call from his wife. (laughs) That was bizarre. Uh, There was another guy. Well, wait, how
1: did the wife, how did that phone call go?
2: So she called me and I was out on a date with another guy because (laughs) this guy that I'd been dating that I kind of like just ghosted me, like fell off the face of the planet. And um, she's like, I think, you know, my husband. I'm like... And now I'm thinking it could be work, because I get work calls in the middle of the night. And I'm like, I don't know what's going on, but I'm sure I can explain this away. So um, she says to me, I think you know my husband. His name is Greg. I'm like, what is his last name? So she tells me. I'm like, "Mm -mm, I don't know your husband. So she puts the phone down. And as she hangs up, I realize who he is. And I call her back. And I'm like, where does he work? And so she told me. I'm like, okay. Um, So that wasn't the last name that he gave me. Um, Also, I wasn't aware that he was somebody's husband. So she says to me, well, you're the first one that's actually acknowledged it. Apparently he had like eight dating profiles up and she got all of our numbers off the cell phone bill um, that he'd been texting. She's like, when was the last time you texted him? Did you sleep with him? Did you use condoms? Like she had all these questions. And I answered her questions because I thought like if that'd be me, I'd want my questions answered. Wow. Um, And she's like, Can I tell him that we spoke? And I'm like, for sure. Like, the guy's an asshole. He's an asshole to you. He's an asshole to me. Like, he fell off the face of the earth. I've not seen him since, literally, because he fell off the face of the earth. Now I know why. Um, There was nothing to indicate that he was married in the the couple of dates that we went on. We went to public places. They were at normal times. There was one date that he canceled because he said he couldn't get away from work, um, which makes me wonder now. Anyway, so that was fine. Then she starts texting me, and I'm like, I can't. There's really not much more I can tell you, Um, so please don't text me again. Then she texts me pictures of herself naked and of them having sex. What? Telling me that she just wanted me to know that she's not some desperate fat chick that can't keep her hot husband.
1: Wow. Wow.
2: And then she, uh, and it turns out she was, um, they had a a six-month-old at home, and she was pregnant. Oh, no. So, um so I, I would like to say that maybe it was hormones playing a part but yeah then the text just got weird she never got threatening it just got weird like, I don't need to see naked pictures of the two of you separately or together oh that's um, crazy yeah that is crazy so I just blocked and I ended up blocking her um never spoke to him I wanted to text him so many different things but I'm like I I'm not even getting into that then um wow. I've been on dates with guys who've told me that they're married on, on the date some of them their wives did know some of them their wives didn't know um that's not okay with me and and uh again the way the st louis is too small i actually worked with one guy's wife who didn't know that he was out on a date and i'm like this is crazy i'm glad you told me now you know um that and, could I, have
1: made for a terrible work situation and i
2: would never have known who he was because you don't i hadn't met him in a work situation and and i'm like this is just not something that i'm into at all um not just because i thought The wife would find out, but I just, I'm not, um, I'm not happy being somebody's side piece either. You know, I'm worth more than that. Um, I've had people approach me online um, looking for me to be their third in a threesome. I have that happen to me a lot, actually, when I go out, too. Um, I don't know if I just have a look that says, yeah, I'm into that, Mm. um, and I'm not. Uh, But if you are, that's great. Like, that's your thing. Do it. I don't care. But it's not my thing. Um, But I get asked to do that a lot. Um, I don't know why Uh, Yeah so it's just Some of it's just bizarre
1: Yeah I I remember A while back I went out with um, With someone And you know we uh, We met up for a first date And I think On the start of the second Drink she's like So my boyfriend's at home right now And also my boyfriend Knows that I'm out right now with you and the third part of this is that i am moving away in one month so he's kind of given me um free reign to do as i want so if you're interested in coming back to my place
2: was he there waiting for you yeah oh wow so it wasn't just like go and do what you want it was like bring it home and do what we want yeah, so wow
1: so i i thought about it and i was do like Do you think
2: that was the truth though, or do you think that was just the setup for you to be able to go back with her like that was how she created the story
1: i have no idea but you know i i i sat there because i i love a good story yeah. and i thought i'd entertain the rest of the date uh but then i thought that is the start of, like, a Law & Order episode. Yeah. Totally. I'm not going back to their no. place, you know? Yeah. I mean, what if he's waiting there and, and you know, who knows? So yeah. I, I felt really uncomfortable about it, and I didn't yeah. go through with it. Um, and we never saw each other again. Uh, but, you know, that's that's happened to me quite a bit, too, yeah. where people are married or, you know, they there's something there that... They just don't share. And I I think that, you know, and uh, kind of the last thing we'll chat about is that um, I feel like the uh, progression technology that has made it easier to communicate with people has brought in a whole new level of infidelity uh, through Facebook. Like maybe someone re adds you on Facebook mm-hmm. from your past or something like that. Union, or, yeah. yeah. Or they you know, they just slip in and send you a private message and you start chatting. So I feel like, you know, there is uh there there are more complications than the more
2: f- the flip side of the of that, though is that technology now makes it really easy to verify what people have to say. Hmm, that know? is a good point. Um I I've called people out just on doing and i'm not any kind of internet sleuth or facebook stalker but the amount of information that is out there public information about people and given the nature of what i do for a living i know where to go find it um i've exposed a lot of people for not being who they say they are there was one guy who told me that um his he he had a girlfriend and he was looking for his third for their, their little three-way um and it was because it was his birthday and it was for his birthday. <laughs> so it was his birthday gift, right? And this is in like May. And it took me no more than three minutes to do an online search and be like, but your birthday's in November <laughs> <laughs> You know?
1: He's getting the search started early, right, actually. Yeah.
2: So and, and he just looked at me like, Yeah, okay, that's not the story. Just like I I wanna do this and my girlfriend said, Okay, if I can find someone I'm like, yeah. Well, whether or not it's your birthday is going to have absolutely no bearing on whether she says yes. So, give that up. Wow. Just be honest about it. Yeah. And yeah. and really, if that's what you're looking for, there are places where you can go and find people that want to do that. There are apps so, specifically for yeah. this purpose. Yes. So don't. So don't like. It, it's going to be much more like time effective for you, um, and you're going to find what you're looking for quicker, and it's more likely that it's going to happen if you go to those places where. There are other people looking for the same thing, and they're out there. Like, whatever you want, it's online somewhere. There's a matching app
0: for that.
1: Yeah. That, so... That is a good point, yeah. that it does make things a lot easier, though, to navigate. And yeah. and I am a pretty creepy person, internet sleuth type of yeah. person as well, and I, I do search uh, thoroughly.
2: Yeah. And I don't do that before the first date. I want to learn who you are from you. Um, but if we get to, like, fourth date, fourth date point, I'm looking to see what I can find
1: yeah definitely and
2: not looking to see what not actively looking for something bad but just like okay are you who you say you are like how are you presenting yourself otherwise than just to me um and go and have a look at that kind of stuff so right Um, and um yeah I the number of married men who are open about being married and think I should be okay with being the side piece or are not open about being married and I find out that they are and are okay with that is baffling to me
0: you know
1: it is it is kind of crazy but you know like you say i mean uh, there are sites specifically for this so i I guess on those
2: sites like when that's what i'm after when i'm when i just want a warm body on the bed i know where to go for it so
1: you know what what the funny thing about that is um and uh, that's kind of what we were talking about before we start recording but I found, like, those situations where I'm very... Where I am very upfront about my needs and desires in the moment um, are much more respectful. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. those go very well. And, and you yeah. know, people treat each other like humans. And, yeah. and you know, afterwards, communication is what you desire as well. Yeah.
2: And it's it's friendly and it's um, not intimidating. And the expectations on, on all sides are very clear up front um and yeah it's not at all uh i've not had any demeaning experience doing that um whereas the the vulgar and demeaning stuff has come from people who i think are trying to shock me um by saying gross things yeah and i'm like "Eh, if you think that's gonna get it for you it's not (laughs) i equate it to the guy who catcalls on the road as I'm walking on the sidewalk, I'm like, yeah, because that works for you, right? It's just what they do in there. It's just a certain group of people are going to just do that.
1: Um, it's yeah. terrible. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I guess if I were to think about, like, one thing uh, that would, like, sum up everything that we talked about, I guess it's the idea of being um, genuine and true to who you are in the dating world. And I, I think of that as something that uh, that I've definitely had to... Uh, Work on over the years, but I feel like I'm becoming a little bit better at it. So, well, thank you so much. Thank you, Joel. I've enjoyed talking to you as always, Kate. Yeah, me too. Thank you. That
2: was um, that was interesting.
1: Yeah. So, uh, interesting
2: insight from you too.
1: Yeah. Yes, we we don't really uh, get this deep usually, but it's it's been nice to just sit down and chat. So, um, as I always wrap up each episode. Just know, lovely listener, that I would always swipe right on you. Thank you for listening to Swiped, a podcast about modern dating. We will have a new episode coming your way for the holidays soon. Stay tuned.